1: Greetings, all. We're back here in time again, this time with the influences of Scandinavians in our city history. With me is Val Burr, her secretary of the Scandinavian Club of Manawatu and also a member of Ormondville Rail Preservation Group and the Manawatu Historical Society. Welcome, Val.
0: Good morning. So, Scandinavian countries, what are they? They, they are Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Iceland. But um, for men or sake, um, mostly the ones who came here were Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. All right. And so, um, do you have a personal Scandinavian industry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carefully written down last night. Um, my great grandparents were Anders and Anders Christian Christensen and his wife Marie, who were he she, he was Norwegian, she was Swedish and then when she died in 1885 um my grandmother who was this lady in this photo I'm about to show you oh wow um, she was um she had they had to farm out the kids because there was like no extended families back then there was you know, they were just like immigrants straight out and she ended up um adopted by a swede and a Swede and a Dane so we get a bit of a mixture there and that's where our family farm ultimately came from so So, she did
1: well. (laughs) So was that family farm in in Palmerston North? Yeah in Roberts Line Mm. okay
0: part of it's still in the family.
1: Oh wow that's good Mm. (laughs) so um, now the Scandinavian Club it is isn't it? Yes. Yes so can you tell us about that when did it eventuate and who and why?
0: Uh, This one was um, formed in um, 1979, and it's sort of like by at that time there would have been um, the people who were members of it would have been like second, third generation, and gradually with the generations passing, it's now gone from a very big, thriving club to a small but thriving club and um you know you wonder where some of these places will end up as the generations move on so um
1: that, that's not just palmerston north as such it's it's a wider cuz people when they think, talk about scandinavian people mainly talk about woodville and and um uh <coughs> For Norsewood, that's it that's And Danny Virk, <laughs> yes, for 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 the Danes for Danny Virk and the Norsewood for the Norwegians, etc. Um and sort of no the Palmerston North seems to get a bit overlooked in that respect. Yes,
0: we were the ones who attracted the people to come here. Our forebears were very carefully and calculatingly selected from these three countries to come to Palmerston North, which is the one that went on, as we know, to become a city. Therefore, even though it was a little swamp um, and had trees around it and basically nothing back then, it was the one with the greatest promise at that time. And so they... um, Brought brought all these people to Palmerston, or Palmerston as it was then, and um, they had were the intention was that they would write nice little letters back to their homelands, and all these other people would decide, oh yeah, we want to go and live in this wonderful place called Palmerston, so we'll all go rushing down to our local ports, jump on a ship, come to New Zealand, and they were stuck in. Northwood and Morrisville and Danny Burke and Ekatahuna which in those days were a long way from anywhere and you bear in mind that Palmerston had a railway system of sorts of tramway within about two or three years it was 1873 the first tramway came through and it took till 1891 to get um, a railway network through including through the square through or through the square through the gorge and all the rest of it so they did Didn't necessarily get the best deals.
1: No, so they sort of came under false pretences. When you say they, um, the original ones came. How how was it that they came?
0: The two that came to uh, two shiploads that came to New Zealand to to Palmerston, there were the um, Salino, which is my what my family was on, which is February eighteen seventy one, and then. In April 1871, the England arrived. So they weren't the only passengers on those ships, but the others were British and whatever. So who
1: who had recruited them, or why was it, how did it come about that they came?
0: The government sort of sent people over to, or that was part of the Vogel scheme. It was the idea was that they would get all these people to come and live in these places that needed their infrastructure developed and that they had no infrastructure. And they wanted to have um, somebody who they could, Calmly, sort of like dump in the bush, and they were finding that the ones who were recruited, knowing where they were going, (laughs) didn't actually want to go to places like Palmerston, and so you can't really blame them when it's sort of full of mosquitoes and not very pleasant and no infrastructure whatsoever, and you know. So, so they,
1: like I said before, sort of under false pretences. Yeah. So, what what were the um, conditions and promises made to them? When
0: they uh, came, they were to get a certain amount of land. I think they initially said 10 acres. I think that, and so if you were in um, Scandinavia and you were told, oh, you'll get 10 acres and it'll be free and it'll be wonderful and stuff like that. And when they got to New Zealand, people, um, like the guy who was the, uh, I think it was a Danish consul, Toxwood, I think that was the one, um, he um, decided that. Um, this was not good enough and put up a fight and they finished up that the single men got got 20 acres and the married ones got 40 acres, all approximately. Um, and um, they all, But they also had to pay for it, so conditions oh. changed, but they probably did better for it. But in the case of our 24-acre farm that had been a England single man farm, it took until it was subdivided in the 1970s and 80s to be worth anything. All right so um they
1: they came, they thought they were getting free land and everything, but they weren't told that um, or were they that they had to work it and and um, were there any conditions like that put on
0: it? They had to work on the roads they you know they were required to put in some, well, i can't, can't think of the de- actual detail, but you imagine they had a five day week on the roads in two days, and they were supposed to be clearing the land and turning it into a farm and unless they had a wife, they seemed to do very badly. Um, because they could basically leave and go elsewhere, but if they had a family and a young child or something, they were tied down. So that was the difference. So the the woman didn't come singly. Uh, there were on the England. There were I think three single women, but they went to work on, um, the, you know, stayed in Wellington and found work down there. Right,
1: so everybody landed in Wellington, yeah, and then how did they get here to Palmerston North?
0: They uh, came up by ship. They came on the uh, the first lot were on the paddle steamer um, Luna, and the second were on the uh, little ship called steamship called oh, it was the Go Ahead. <laughs> so, so they came up the Manawatu River, did they? Or? They came up to Foxton, where the you know where the town wharf now is not the one out at the Foxton oh, Beach, right. the other one, and um, basically the ones off the lunar started walking straight away and the women had the luxury of coming up in a canoe, which doesn't sound too happy to me. Well, better <coughs> than walking through a so infested yeah. bush, I suppose. Yeah, well, this is true. <laughs> um, but the um, ones, by the time the um, England came, passengers came up, um, there'd been huge floods and it was an absolute chaos and they had to stay down in uh, Foxton for um, a few days waiting till be able to got, be got through. So how were they um, looked after,
1: like were fed and everything like oh, that? Oh yeah, they yeah. There?
0: They didn't leave and starve thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be
1: here. <laughs> so so they wouldn't and they, um, so did that continue once they
0: got to their own land? They, well, it had to be supplied with food. If you imagine the first year, there was no, um, gardens, no nothing. And, um, it was very hard. And they were sometimes down to like no potatoes and no this and no that. And it's been really interesting following the, um, 1871 situation of things being sent from Foxton down to Wellington to supply Wellington. And up in Palmerston, there was no food, no this, no that, no potatoes in, in particular. And they were, yet they were, Foxton was sending potatoes down to um, Wellington by the shipload. Yes, a lot of little little cargo ships then. Oh, right. Mm. So <clears throat> we
1: have single people came out and, um, and families. Mm. So they would have been
0: smaller families rather than... They, at that stage at that stage they were um like young very young families, like it might be um mum, dad and um, a baby or a two year old or something like that. I think the oldest would have been about four or five. Well that must have been particularly hard for them. Oh you just imagine it. And um like there was um the things that they lacked here, like I think the first cow arrived in um, February 1871, so that's before these people got here. And then George Nelson arranged that. and um, But um, they weren't bullocks, but they didn't have a dairy cow. And so the first dairy cow, I think it was either January or February of 1871. So you imagine if the mum has problems with breastfeeding and suddenly... What we, do well, no you feed milk. the baby? Yes. Yeah. And so there's all all these little things that you don't bear in mind with um all of this kind of um stuff. And it, it's it's really interesting, but I am quite happy that I didn't live through it personally. <laughs> I don't think I would either. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um so
1: so the the um Scandinavians who, who were um recruited, so to speak mm. They, they came to form farms and the roads, as you say, the
0: in- infrastructure. Mm. And and what about the rail? Were they involved with that as well? Oh, definitely. Um, well, the, if you imagine the original one that came through, the first things that they were doing was trying to set up a tramway between um, Palmerston and Foxton. But if you to put, a, put a bit of scenery onto it... Um, they had, like I was saying, that they had to write letters back to their homelands. And so they wrote the letter and the date of this particular letter that says, Oh, how wonderful it is. We've been given all these things as a person off the Salino. And the very next day, the huge flood came in and these people were clinging to the rafters of their little shacks that they'd built themselves. And they wouldn't have written a nice letter like that afterwards. <laughs> I but, <shouldn't> think so. <laughs> but like the roads were under what, what Passed as a, a future road, namely um, Pioneer Highway and beyond, down toward Foxton, was or to Rangi. The area between Palmerston and yoshu uh, basically was a, was a swamp. It was underwater. Um, the, the the it had just been. Um, it was just a mess, similar to what happens out at Warpie at the moment. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Days, right? Only there was no road,
1: no tar seal to sort of have as a foundation. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm. right. So um you said they built shacks to begin with, so after that did they actually improve and, and build more substantial homes?
0: Uh, yeah, well I'll show you this particular one, or well, this is the one that my great-grandmother was brought to after she was adopted, and so this was the second home, and the first home, this is a proper square Cottage villa with of- the... Window in, windows on either side of a door, etc. That was in Robert's line, and the previous one had been slabs of, um, t- you know, hand sawn timber and split. I think it's split timber. I think you'd call it. And that one lasted until the 1940s as they shed out the back. So
1: they so they had to clear the bush. They had to clear so, the bush yeah. um, where they saw millers as well as farmers.
0: Um, well, that was the intention, um, but that didn't necessarily work out. <laughs> if if you sort of think in terms of um, everything they had to do, they had to start, and it had to start somewhere. Um, and the first um, sawmill equipment got in here in about... I think it was probably about June, July 1871. Oh, right, and so
1: not long after they arrived.
0: Not long after they arrived, but you know, if you imagine the cost of it and that timber would have been necessary for everything else. These these guys were doing the physical labour. Um, the rest of it sort of came from there. All
1: right, so um, what sort of farms did they have? Uh,
0: interesting. Um, in the earliest days, they were probably... Um, couldn't necessarily afford a cow or a horse, Um, they had to try and walk everywhere, they had to do everything, um, like what you could afford maybe was to buy some grass seed and chuck it down between the stumps of the trees that you'd felled and hope that you could get something. In fact, that was interesting one time to discover that um, grass seed turned out to be a really important um, product, especially over, I, I found about, I learned about this over in the Northwood area, but it would have been the same here. So grass was not something we think of needing, but it had to start somewhere because it was yes, forest. Yes, mm, It was forest. And there wouldn't have been grass underfoot. No. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: grass that cows could eat, et cetera. No, that's true. So um, the, the farms around Palmerston North, were they out on the outskirts?
0: Um, the ones that um, the Scandinavians went to, well, were, were in the case of the um, Salino immigrants, they went to um, the uh, what they called the Karee Scandinavian block, which is basically the land between uh, Westbrook and Longburn. All oh, right, mm. but it has the Mungoni stream through it. So unfortunately, that's what had the people clinging to their um, rafters, etc. And so some of them were transferred up to the other Scandinavian block, which was called the Stony Creek Scandinavian block, or later, the Stony Creek Scandinavian and roadman 's block all oh, right, and that was bet- that was Wokarunga and Calvin Grove. okay, so that was a bit drier up there, presumably uh, except when you had a really big flood like in eighteen eighty and I understand my great grandfather was um because the um, the one they transferred to was down in um uh, Napier Road all oh, um, right between James line and um robert's line that 's the one not the adopted one that 's the original one. And um he was a baker and he finished up having to paddle around in his baker's van because the 1880 flooded they basically woken up to find water everywhere that's the other thing people forget that you didn't have a radio to tell you that you've got um t- that the Tararua area has got a massive downpour happening in it and that you're about to have masses of water come through the gorge oh, and you're right. going to wake up to it <laughs> so that that was a really
1: hard life I can yeah, imagine yep yeah. So um, what languages were spoken?
0: Uh, Well, obviously, the originally, the um, home languages, whatever they were, but the men tended to learn English because they had to learn to speak to their employers and whoever they were doing things with. The women, and um, certainly in later times, I'm aware of, um, that um, they tended... Not learn their languages, they didn't have the opportunity because they'd talk to their children at home and they would do, um, you know, everything would be home language in the thing. And when they talked to their friends, this is where uh, Wakaronga School, when it was formed or opened in 1877 as Stony Creek School. The children were talking all different languages. They couldn't communicate because <laughs> um, you had the Scandinavians, you had the Poles, the Germans, the English, the Scottish, the, this, the that and all the rest of it. And the teacher sent them all out into the playground and the children figured out how to communicate themselves and then she had to handle it from there. Yes, and I could imagine she would have had a large number. Yes.
1: <laughs> right, so um, are there any notable
0: Scandinavian settlers? Uh, in Palmerston North? We all think we are notable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, well, as well as the ones that were the Selino the ones who you know did their things and the England ones who did bits, we've got um, people like um, H- Anders Hans Eiley, who this picked pretty picture here of a old bridge. This is the first Fitzherbert Bridge. Oh, right. So he um, built that and he had um, other Uh, employees who were from the same origins, different, not necessarily the same ships but same origins he was um, there's a street named after him, he's probably one of the most prominent in terms of uh, workers like that and and what it turns out is that these people had been working on the railway systems in um, Norway, him in particular and some of the others in a lesser extent and um, when that, that that New Zealand wanting people here had coincided with the completion of that, so right. I, I hadn't realized that till recently. and so that's why these people came out here, but they had the skills needed by um you know by the New Zealand government et cetera um to build tramways, which is what he was involved with prior to this. So did um, they come as
1: <coughs> excuse me um, employment uh, from the the government.
0: Uh, well, they came as ordinary settlers with um on the Salino. He later apparently said he should have stuck with farming because the ones who took up farming did better than what he did all oh, right, you. but then you've got, of course you've got prior to that you've got the monrads and um the various work that they did um and then there's a number of um early ones who we still know the names of callison Voss, et cetera. Which were from the um, leftovers from the um, Monrad shipping out of people, but this is just a fairly small one. But they were out at Carreri, and they
1: so um, Monrad brought out a whole lot of people.
0: No, um, maybe half a dozen young guys who um, then relatives of theirs maybe came out, and they you know settled, and but they were you know they like um Ludolf West LG West as he's better known um the architect he was one of those, and so you know they moved on and here and they did really well you know um you know and you know they helped form the town they you know included prominent people and stuff like that Monrad of course, had gone back to um Denmark, but he sort of put in a spoke for everything and um so there's lots of those and there's other ones have come through the system in different ways and, done different things, the, the um, ones who, uh, uh, Nanastad, Richter, Jenis, Jensen, who did the um, sawmill Richter, Nanastad and Co., they, they became the um, main employer in the town. And you see, when you're sort of studying this kind of stuff, you see a com- competition between the Norwegians of Richter, Nanastad and Co., and Birch house and so on and the ones associated with the Monrads or with the Monrad family in general and there's a competition somehow in there and it um, the Monrads, with the religious side of it, Lutheran etc seem to um, go for the mind you know they talk uh, influence people by the mind you know yeah. and the other ones they paid their wages. Oh, right. (laughs) So who do you take notice of? (laughs) So it's been – it's quite – some of it is really fascinating. It sounds like it. So
1: what sort of sources would we find information um, if we were looking for it?
0: Uh, Well, I suppose we've got um, the various books the clubs put out, or the first of the ones was put out by the – Hawkes Bay, or former Hawkes Bay Scandinavian Club, which in, in 1989, which is called Links with the Past. And that's got a really good, as well as the family stories, it's got a really good um, uh, list in there of the ships that came out and bringing Scandinavians and where the people went and all the rest. It's, it's quite sad that Palmerston got two and all <laughs> the rest went everywhere else. But people sort of don't actually realise that they also were sent down to South Island and all over the place as well and we the following year we put out this one called early men or two scandinavians which um these two books are similar that um just like little family things. And then we decided we um, needed to have an overview because it was getting a bit um, odd. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what this one, Mosquitoes and, uh, Mosquitoes and Sawdust, the History of Scandinavians in early Palmerston North and surrounding districts. It got bigger. The title got bigger when Palmerston North City Council gave us money, and so we thought we'd better put Palmerston <laughs> North on it. <laughs> and, um, you know, so there are a number of them now um, that are, you know, around the different... Um, you know include information on it. it for me it started when i did my um was my first my first um paper at Massey and i had decided i wanted to do Palmer's north scandinavian these people right and there was no information and i had a complete dud essay it was absolutely useless got a c or a c plus <laughs> or something and i've been rewriting it ever since you know i've got a to... so would we find those in the library ah uh, we... yep yep yeah some of them the club still sells all right. Oh, and there's that Waka one, which is so the time So is there much um, from oral histories that you know of? Uh, probably I have. Unless it's printed, I probably haven't followed it through, which is probably – Remiss of me because I haven't got round to it, but I've been overwhelmed. Oh, papers past—that's that's probably all right, that's the other one. Never ever forget papers past. It's brilliant. So that's a website <laughs> that is um, all of uh, New Zealand's newspapers that are currently online, back to I think it starts about eighteen forty, but it gets better as it goes through up to eighteen nineteen sixty one. Is the currently right. the most recent and diaries. Uh, I haven't seen too much on diaries
1: but I guess they were so busy they didn't have time to write plus they wouldn't have had the paper or anything to write it on
0: yeah this this is the thing this this is the resources available to people Um, uh, Louisa Snelson's collection of things uh, um, her scrapbook of information often has things in there that um, have been forgotten and stuff like that well, I
1: guess so, yes. If, mm. if it's not kept alive, it's sort mm. of... Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, we've, we've got... You mentioned Keisha Birch as, as being a notable house still standing, mm-hmm. um, and I understand there are quite a few early houses, might not necessarily have been Scandinavian ones, but are dotted round about Palmerston North, um, That some that come under the Historical Society... Um, whatever they call it, preservation, mm. that you're not allowed to do anything with or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, um, right, so uh, have you got anything else that you'd like to mention?
0: Um, I suppose I could say what about my little project that I've been working on all year. Um, I decided last February that um, we had not enough stuff on eighteen uh, the 150 years and the Scandinavians were sort of... Um, Side-tracked. <laughs> side-tracked. It, 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 was, it was sidetracked by COVID mostly because all of the things that might well have been happening, um, you know, like you think back to the 1971, you know, huge performance with the, um, you know, the fun stuff that went on. And nothing, none of that seemed to be happening because we were all sort of social distancing and all that. Anyway, so I got brassed off this particular day and I thought, oh, stuff, I'm going to um, write, uh, you know, 150 years ago this happened, oh, et right. And so I started off this little thing that was going to last two or three weeks. <laughs> um, and that was um, on what happened, what was happening in Palmerston North 150 years ago today, to like today, as in. Right now. <laughs> right. Um, and um, so this thing, uh, for it's like two or three weeks, went on and thought, oh, there's still some good information. I know some more stuff. And there's stuff in the paper. There's papers past, has got this really good blah, blah, blah. And um, it's now at, uh, I think, about 123 posts. And oh, so where, where are you posting that? It's, it starts off on the Scandinavian Club's Facebook page, and um, uh, which is. Manor Two Scandinavian Club Inc., I think it's the title on Facebook. And then passes over to several others, including the um old Palmerston North Facebook page. And lots of people seem to see it, so that's good. But um the frustrating thought is that it will um once something's on Facebook, it just disappears off and it goes back into cyberspace. So oh, right. we're going to put it we're going to print it. And so it's more at this stage now. When do we make the end of the year and <laughs> <laughs> right yes so when, when um where will that be available uh once it's printed um it'll be just a something like these things, something like these oh, books. Right, your, your books yeah. yeah so it won't won't be um hugely elaborate it'll be um and people can buy these. Oh, we hope so. <laughs> it's not printed yet. It's not finished. Yet. We haven't got to the end of our year yet. When so is it, the end of our year going to happen? Well, we don't know. Well, it's apart from it, it's 150 gone, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of, so I'd, speak, I'd, but. I'd like to drop back a little earlier than the end. I'm quite conscious of Ragatani and their thoughts that it should be, um, you know, the sale of the land to. Um, become the area as well. I think that's appropriate and so I'd quite like to just drop back and see what's in the newspapers and bring it forward from there. Well
1: that's been really really interesting and now we've run out of time so (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) Phil. No worries.
0: (laughs) If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the kiwi fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatū People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favorite show.